Well, hello and welcome to Splunk Perspectives, a podcast about technology subjects for leaders by leaders. I'm Sean Cooney, and today I'm excited to be joined by Piers Finn, COO of McLaren Racing. Hello. Thank you very much, and, and lovely to be here. Thanks for your time today. So normally in these types of podcasts, we often talk about technology and how data can be used to solve specific problems. And that's great, but that's not really what businesses are trying to achieve. We really care about, or businesses really care about, the why, not the how. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So Splunk and McLaren have a, a partnership where we help McLaren uh, make business decisions uh, using data. And often them decisions are very tactical decisions, but sometimes they are much broader decisions, business strategic decisions. So that's what we're going to talk about today. You could call that business agility or organizational agility. And we thought, who best to speak to than an organization that has no choice but to be agile in the business that they're in? So thank you for your time today. So uh, maybe because you could start by introducing yourself, your role here, and uh, maybe if you, if you can, just talk a little bit about your career, maybe a highlight just for our viewers today. Uh, well, firstly, thank you very much for inviting me. It's great to be part of this. Um, so I'm Piers. I'm the Chief Operating Officer here at McLaren F1. Uh, I've been in Formula One for 15 years. I've been the Chief Operating Officer here for one year. Before that, I was Operations Director. Before that, I was Head of Programs. Uh, and I've always been heavily involved in the operational side of the business, manufacturing and delivering performance to the car. Uh, and always as part of that journey, uh, data has been a massive part of what we do. And that is not only manufacturing data, operational data, but it underpins everything that we do from controlling how we organize the performance development of the car on the bill of materials, issue controlling that to manage change, uh, data to support manufacturing, uh, planning data to support uh, on-time delivery through operations to the car. And so it goes on and on. I mean, you could talk <laughs> about the link from the digital link from end to end. It, it, it's long, but it is so important to us. Uh, and data capture, be that machine tools, be that on the car, is, is very, very key to what we do. But it's not just capturing the data. It's actually using the data to drive decision-making. And certainly on an operational uh, angle, uh, we generate a lot of data. Mm. But what you actually need to focus on, because uh, the agility and fast pace of a Formula One team is very, very rapid at this time of year, is actually what you do with the data and using multiple tools to manage by exception. Mm -hmm. Because uh, we have 17,000 parts in manufacturing <laughs> at the moment to try and build the car over the next week to get to the dyno and then onto track testing. 17,000. You can't manage all of that. Mm. What you can do is prioritize it, uh, understand where things are going wrong and manage by exception. Mm. So the principles and philosophy of how we use data is key. So uh, that's kind of where the business is evolving incredibly quickly. You'll see we have no notice boards anywhere in the factory anymore. Everything is on digital signage. Right. Um, and certainly we are certainly not paperless, but we're very, very fast moving at dropping any inefficient process because uh, every aspect of what we do needs to deliver performance. So if you can remove 5% of inefficiency by going digital or going an adjusted process, 
we will do it. 5% becomes a huge number. It does. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you're in a, in a world where change and uncertainty is normal, yep. right? How do you handle that? Because that's a big change. A lot of organizations don't have that. That's not normal for them. Uh, let's talk about culture for a moment. Mm. You, you need to absolutely have people who are okay with that. Because if you, if you are deeply uncomfortable <laughs> with change, this probably isn't the right gig for you. Yep. Um, and uh, being able to have enough process that you can control something just enough process that you can control and manufacture something as fast-paced as a Formula One car over a very, very small timescale. Um, that, that's kind of where we are at the moment. What's really, really important is culturally being okay to control what you can control and manage by exception. If you're trying to manage, for example, 17,000 parts, yeah. you'll, you won't get very far. And being okay to phase change. So we take simple and agile approaches to what we do mm-hmm. and we break the year up into, we're going to make a launch car. We will then update that at the fastest rate that we can. So I was sat in a meeting this morning where we don't need tools. We just need good people having good conversations. Uh, a room not bigger than this, not with 100 people, with 12. <laughs> and there is aero representation, design representation, operational representation, and commercial representation to make sure we're trading how you evolve change as fast as possible. Because my, my role is there to ensure that we're asking the right questions going, is there enough performance to warrant designing and making that part, or do you actually hold it in aero for longer? Mm. Just a data point. Because if it's a big step, then of course we'll commit to making it. If it's not enough, depending on the scope of the project, it might be 500,000, a million or more to make that change on the car. So you're trading performance, effort, cost, because under the cost cap, you have to always consider getting the biggest bang for your buck. So we don't do that in tools. Mm. We do that in great minds and good conversations. It reminds me a little bit of um, the space race, for example. They're making the right decisions at the right time with the right technically savvy people. Yep. Technically in the, in the, in the widest context there, I guess, at that point. Wow. So, of course, you can have as many graphs as you like. There's a little bit of gut feeling, bravery, and you kind of have got to go for it at the beginning of the season because if you look back at the results over the last 10, 15 years, Mm -hmm. people who win the first few races normally win the championship. And certainly when we are on a a really positive trajectory as we are, we just want to continue that growth. Um, And certainly very humble. There's a long way to go, but we're humble that we've made a step last year and we want to continue to make that same step this year as we move up the grid. Absolutely. Yeah. So bravery, that's a really interesting word there. How do you foster that culture where bravery is rewarded? Um, I think culturally, it's important that when you move as fast as we do, you've got the right uh, uh, culture and, and not rules, but philosophies underpinning it. So when things go wrong, 
which they do, mm. we actually kind of turn the problem through 180 degrees because the value and learning opportunity of something that going wrong is actually development mm. and kind of changing the optics on failure to go, this isn't something going wrong. We've learned something. It, it's a path that we don't need to go down and, and you can go on this path instead. And using the individual that's been involved to support process development mm. or whatever the root cause analysis to go, what happened? Why did that happen? Can we learn from it? Is really, really important to culturally foster it's okay for things to go wrong. Yeah. And that's really, really important to both myself and Andrea to go, we don't have any blame culture here because it, it, it means that people are free to be brave. And of course, bravery needs to be contextualized to not be blasé, yep. not be inappropriate, but absolutely go, why do we need to talk about constraints? Because if you talk about constraints, so I've got enough people, I've got enough machines, it's all too difficult, uh, I had a long day yesterday, I can't have a long day today, you'll find yourself at the back of the grid. Mm. And in a, in a sport where, the, where performance is king, you kind of need to have technology, culture, and bravery all running alongside each other to push your team to always be going, what if? And the what if is where innovation comes, is where lighter parts come, is where more performance come, is where the better representation of data to allow you to make decisions in a fast way to deliver performance to the car. So uh, it, it's important, and we talk about it directly and indirectly all the time. And it's funny, if you look back over the last year, listening to Andrea speak, his messaging is really, really on point. Yep. But whenever he and I speak, we always have a checklist where you know, have we covered the following points, either directly or indirectly, because the messaging of every single all hands to the whole team for the last 12 months has actually been the same, but it's just continually delivering the same message to get people to think, how can I deliver more performance? How can I unlock any constraints? What if, can we be braver? And certainly in some of the threads where we haven't found the team is good enough, what are we doing? How are we helping? How are we underpinning solid foundations to move the team forward? Mm. Because a team that will win the world championship is world championship material in every single area. And we audit where we are and where we aren't and underpin where we aren't to go, let's be brave, let's make a big leap to make sure in time we stay humble, but we continue to make steps up the grid. What an interesting challenge you have in your job. <laughs> it's rarely dull. Oh, it's, it's very rarely yeah. dull. So uh, bravery, uh, uh, humility, uh, innovation, and um, the ability to be able to make mistakes uh, and learn from their mistakes, that feedback cycle, all important. Absolutely. Any other principles that you have? Um, I think one, one of the important things is, is sheer effort, yep. sheer effort and determination um, and removal of waste and bureaucracy. Uh, one of the things to consider is uh, 
I, I always say if we're being presented some data, is it more than three slides? <laughs> and that's not because I've got an attention span that <laughs> won't go beyond the third slide. It's just actually, can you get your point across in three slides yep. to move on to the next topic? Because there's so much depth in what we do. And of course, large data sets may need more than that. Mm -hmm. But often you've got a challenge that individual has thought, I need to present this data. I want to do it in the best way possible. I might want to go an introduction and, and have lots of information. Let's get to the point. Let's get straight to the point to support collaboratively making that decision and moving forward. So short presentations, the shortest meetings or no meetings at all, um, being incredibly agile on the organizational design and very, very creative with how we work because uh, we're not a fan in, in the Formula One team of organizational charts mm. because organizational charts are there to sign off sickness and holiday. Yep. What we actually want to foster is collaboration. So co-locating people that work together unlocking where domain knowledge may be creating barriers to development because someone may be an expert in something, but actually more people having that expertise and co-locating to cross-fertilize that knowledge is really, really key. And being very, very agile with your thinking to go, why does it have to be like that? Because if the answer we're looking for is the highest performing organization, remove all the rules. And uh, it, it's important that we're always challenging ourselves uh, and never being stuck in bureaucracy, long meetings, presentations that are too long, uh, because it's all about delivering performance to the car. Yeah, really interesting. Thank you for sharing. Some people would say that high performance for a long period of time becomes very draining and can destroy a team. How do you handle that in McLaren? So, Everyone plays their part. And certainly in our standard messaging that Andrea and I play into the team, I, I often, this is my topic of conversation, everyone plays their part. So the power of a thousand people really makes a difference. Uh, and it's important that everyone feels in whatever function of the team that they do, they are delivering and adding performance. So ensuring that you are encouraging everyone to be on their A game is paramount. Leadership of our people at all levels is also important because we do our utmost to consider welfare, well-being as part of what we do. And yes, at certain times of the year, we may drink more coffee than at others. <laughs> uh, and certainly that feels like that today, but we're building the car this week. And that's not every week that we do that. But eating well, sleeping well, looking out for each other yeah. is really important. So that cohesive, collaborative spirit in teams is very, very much there. And good fun, banter, but appropriate banter to go, actually, why don't you go home now because you've had a really tough couple of days Come in early and we'll go again tomorrow mm -hmm. because ensuring that you're looking out for your workmates and your teammates is a really important, authentic part of being a leader. 
And just we need to make sure, and we try to get it right, don't always get it right, but manage that appropriately because everyone's different and everyone's endurance levels aren't the same. And that's all about knowing your people and being a good, authentic leader. And that applies to all organisations, right? Not it just does. Formula One. It does. And certainly in, in the modern world where everyone's going, can I do more with the same? Can I remove cost? Yep. It, it's all, you've got to be authentic with your people to go, you can't just push, push and push. You've got to trade, give something back. And when there's a big deadline, ask your team to stretch into it. Yep. But then when it's not, it's no problem to go home early to go, actually, why don't you go and spend the afternoon with your kids, pick someone up from school. Yeah. Trading that and flexibility is really, really important. And certainly in, when I was mentioning earlier about rules, we don't have hard and fast rules about attendance because the quality and diligence of our people mean that we take a flexible, trust-based approach to that. Yeah. Uh, and that's really important because that, fosters the right spirit if you get that right people will go as far as they can for the team and that spirit then just grows yeah it's a, it's a great culture it sounds really good so i'm sure over the years you've learned many things and i'm sure there's been some mistakes that you've made over the time that's how you learn right yeah have you got um, maybe a, an example or two that you're happy to share with our viewers today um i, I think uh Every day is a school day. I, I, I learn things here because it's just such a great place to work mm. because you're amongst great people. And I guess a couple of takeaways. Listen and ask questions. It is really, really important. Uh, in a collaborative environment, I, I would say that's probably a mistake I've made in earlier parts in my career where I've maybe been on the front foot to try to impress and actually, maturity has allowed me to go, I wish I hadn't done it like that because I might have actually progressed faster. Um, so ask good questions and reflect and think about things. Don't rush into uh, things to draw a conclusion. Actually use the group around you to go, that seems like a logical angle to go about. But what do you think? Because... When you're amongst a fantastic group of people here, uh, certainly I've made mistakes in the past where I may have jumped to the wrong conclusion and gone down a path too quickly. And that's okay. I learned from it. Yep. Um, but the realities are when you've got a little bit of time to reflect, ask opinions, get different perspectives, the value of different perspectives, I think is a really important one. Yeah. It sounds like you have a fantastic team around you as well. And that team bringing them perspectives together and trusting your team sounds really important. I'd like to say I'm jealous, but I won't tell my colleagues that. <laughs> so um, Formula One and McLaren in particular is a fast-moving organization, fast-moving business. What do you think other organizations and other businesses could learn from Formula One? So often people ask, can I just come and spend some time here? Because yeah. you just listen and, uh, and learn. I, I think uh, lots, um, getting the balance of culture and process aligned is an important one. Uh, and I think in a post-COVID world where everyone has taken a different perspective, 
as to how they treat and manage their workforce. It's important to think about, are you getting the right balance of working from home, working in the factory? Because that's different in every role context. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that we are lucky about in Formula One, and we do it through a combination of great people and just enough process, is challenge yourself around the amount of bureaucracy you have because uh, business continuity needs some process, but I'd always encourage people to go, why does it need to be like that? So let's just take an example. Start times and I need to uh, go and collect my kids or I've got a dentist appointment. Why do you need to log any of that? Yeah if you're just having good conversations and there's trust between a manager and an employee, if you don't log that, you haven't got any of that admin, but you've also got a really positive relationship to know that you're trading time to enhance that person's life and they'll give it back to you tenfold. Yes. And I would just encourage, uh, and that's just on the human side, in the process side when we're making a car, we make a, a, a product that is as complicated as something like a jet fighter, but we do it with such high quality people and enough process and bureaucracy that we don't deliver something that has, has issues or is unreliable because in a cost cap world, an unreliable car is hugely business impacting. Yeah. So just enough process on the human side, just enough process on your product side and you will naturally go faster. Again, really, really interesting. If you could choose another industry to be in based on what you've learned here at McLaren, could you pick one? Um, uh, I don't think I've <laughs> ever really thought about that. I think I absolutely love my job, mm. but I love it on many, many angles because being part of a Formula One team is an absolute privilege on a day-to-day -day basis. But being part of a Formula One team that has got 60 years of incredibly positive, phenomenal heritage behind it yeah. is uh, one of the things that in the last few years I've got more involved with. And it's a real pinch yourself moment. Um, so celebrating 60 years of, of McLaren last year I was responsible on two occasions for a phenomenal amount of our cars in this country and abroad running. And the crowd and the fan engagement of that's a James Hunt car, that's an Ayrton Senna car, <laughs> that's an Emerson Fittipaldi car, yeah. that's a Nicky Lauda car, that's a Prost car, <laughs> that's a Mika Hakkinen car, that's a Lewis Hamilton car. I was like, this is just such a privilege to be a part of. So I'd like to stay here. I wouldn't like another job. <laughs> I'm sure you wouldn't. It sounds like, uh, well, I mean, the organization, and I was walking around the Boulevard earlier, right? We're at the McLaren Technology Center here in the UK, uh, and it is fantastic. It's, um, I, I love how the trophies are shown at the back rather than at the front so that the whole team can get behind it right next to the restaurant. Everybody sees the trophies every single day. That's the culture and that, that's been fostered here. I, I can see it. As yeah. you walk in, it's really great. And I guess, although it's quite easy to just be working all day yeah. 
and come in when it's dark, go home when it's dark. The realities are the business, the building is laid out very deliberately to be, you are less than a few meters all the time away from a racing car. Yeah. So it's very obvious why you come to work every day. So, um, very cool building, if yeah. I can say that. Yeah. Great. Um, so final couple of questions then. Uh, in your industry, regulation is, it plays a big part. It continuously changes and it forces you to change and innovate. Most organizations, I would argue, don't see, um, they don't see regulations as a force for good. They would often see them as a burden. How have you changed that in, in this industry? So uh, I guess a couple of examples there. Um, the regulations coming in around the cost cap, mm -hmm. everybody said whenever they go, oh, that must be a massive burden. Um, and my answer back was, it is and it isn't. You've got to think positively. That's regulated the playing field. So that's pulled the top down but allowed potentially more entrance at the bottom. And then there's the, the happy medium in the middle. But actually, we were running just about at the cap at that time. What it actually created for us was an opportunity to go, we need to review all of our processes. Go, could we be leaner? Because um, the processes around everything that we do, you've got to challenge yourself to deliver every bang for your buck to be as optimal as possible. Um, so that's a regulation that delivered something, but it actually was an opportunity. And that encouraged us to be brave again and take some risks. Because uh, if you ask different people around the building, how many parts do you need to make? If you work in race logistics or on the car, you'd go, well, I want lots of spares because if there's an accident, I always want to bolt something on. Yep. And that's okay. But the realities are you need a system across the whole team to go, well, I need just enough spares because there's no performance in spares. Yep. I need just enough there and looking in the wind tunnel and looking in design of what's the lighter or faster option that's coming to go, well, I actually might only make three of those, one for each car and one spare. <laughs> and the lady or gentleman in that department might be going, hang on a minute, where's the fourth spare? The fourth spare we're not going to make because we're going to make the next iteration, which is faster or lighter than that one. Yeah. So that has encouraged innovation and leanness. In the technical space, obviously, the regulations changed a few years ago to be what we currently see on the track. And again, that, that was thought out in, in, with lots of pragmatism to focus on safety, Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's really important that we do always talk about that because the evolution of Formula One cars to be as safe as possible, very, very important. And we fully support that in this team. Um, but that's also whenever any regulations are written, we read it from start to finish and then also collaborate around it going, where are gaps? Where are things where we can innovate to create more performance? And every team will be doing that. So regulations aren't bureaucracy, they're always an opportunity and you just need to read them and think laterally. What does that word say you can do, mm. but you can't do, but what could you do? And being really creative and innovative in that space. That's a fantastic way of looking at it. I wish more organizations did that rather than treat it as a burden. Yeah. Great. So final question for me then, obviously Splunk is a data company and you have said just enough 
throughout this whole conversation about just enough people, just enough process, just enough leadership, just enough everything. How do you use data to make sure you've got just enough of everything? So if you look across the whole organization, the aero department creates a huge amount of data through CFD and the output from the wind tunnel. Uh, the design function creates a huge amount of data. And what you've got to do is make sure that that's flowing and flowing to guide your decision making, flowing to deliver performance, flowing to manage change, flowing to deliver reliability, uh, flowing to make the car go faster and never, ever being a data burden. And that's why it's important that the data is there to get you to do something, to make a decision to change a part, to upgrade something, to make something more reliable. And we use all of the data for that. It's never just sit there doing nothing. So uh, it, it always has got to drive an outcome, not just fill up a computer. Not just be there for the sake of it. Sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Piers. I've really enjoyed our conversation. As have I. Uh, so I've been Sean Cooney. This has been Splunk Perspectives. Thank you very much for watching. See you next time. Be sure to subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're currently using. If you're listening and you want to watch the show, check out YouTube. And if you're watching, but you prefer to listen, check out the Perspectives podcasts wherever you find your podcasts. Speaking of podcasts, you should also check out the Security Detail podcast by Audra Streetman and Kirsty Payne. They explore cyber threats across a variety of industries with some of the most trusted names in cybersecurity. And don't forget to check out Splunk.com forward slash perspectives for blogs featuring the latest executive takes on today's security and technology topics by leaders and for leaders. Thanks for listening.